Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Pre-Calver Gold Mineral. Supporting your herd when they need it most. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahdi. Optimism rebounds for Irish food and agribusiness SMEs, according to the latest IFAC report. Moorpark Dairy Open Day is taking place over three days at Tiagusk for Moy. National Ploughing Association celebrates its 90th anniversary with Ploughing 2021 in County Leash. EU market transparency rules have been signed into Irish law. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, Luke TD, has announced measures aimed at mitigating the impact of Brexit-related quota loss of about €43 million for the Irish fishing industry. On 3rd of September, Minister McConnell announced the opening of the Brexit high-up compensation scheme for Irish fishers. Arising from quota cuts in line with the trade and cooperation agreement between the European Union and the United Kingdom, Ireland is set to lose just over 26,400 tonnes of quota per year on a phased basis up to 2026. These quota cuts affect many of our most valuable fish stocks and have significant impacts for incomes in our fishing fleet in 2021. Two segments of the whitefish vessels catch in particular will be hardest hit and the department's Brexit tie-up scheme, compensation scheme, is aimed at softening the income loss blow to these. Minister McConnell pointed out that the affected segments of the whitefish industry will be invited to tie up for a one-month period during October to December 2021. These vessels would tie up at the quayside and cease all fishing activity for that period. In return, the white fish vessel owner would receive a payment compensating for the lost fishing income. The vessel owners would in turn be required to distribute one-third of that payment to crew. Depending on the size of the vessel involved, compensation payments would range from €4,600 for a vessel under 10 metres up to €88,700 for a vessel measuring 24 metres by 40 metres. The scheme will be administered by Bordish Guevara and further details will be available in due course from the BIM site at the following https colon forward slash bim.ie forward slash fisheries forward slash funding all lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. 
And staying with the fisheries team, two angling initiatives in Cork have been awarded sponsorship funding. Inland Fisheries Ireland is the state agency with responsibility for the protection and conservation of freshwater fish and habitats, as well as the promotion of angling. The annual sponsorship programme supports novice or beginner anglers and the development of sustainable angling tourism, which could grow in popularity, particularly in rural and peripheral areas. In Cork, the Irish Federation of Sea Anglers was granted funding for two events. A Youth Initiative Day to increase awareness and participation in sea angling, which was held recently in Yall, and a Novice Training Day to be held in Cork Harbour. Suzanne Campion is Head of Business Development at Inland Fisheries Ireland and explains more about their operations. A lot of your listeners will probably confuse us with the Department of Agriculture um, who have responsibility for the marine, but um, recreational angling and inland fisheries and sea angling um, is actually a natural resource. So we fall under the remit and um, of, of the Department of Environment, Climate and Communication. So we're very much about conservation, protection of fish, fish habitats. And I suppose we work with the multitude of stakeholders um, to make sure that, you know, the water um, water quality is good, that the habitat is, is good for fish. So fish are a fantastic indicator of healthy water. And, you know, the rivers and streams, I suppose, as a lot of your listeners will know, um, once you've healthy water, you've healthy habitats and you've healthy fish. And if you do a kick sample in the river, you'll see all the really healthy um, flies and insects and it's you know really easy to see then when everything is good so we would we would have staff um all over um the country and um some based out of say Formoy, Yall, McCroom and further down West Cork that look after all of that and you know they're constantly monitoring and checking up to make sure that um you know our fish stocks are safe and that the habit is, is safe to to keep them safe and well kind of fish friendly right and the two angling initiatives then in Cork that have been awarded sponsorship funding maybe you'd like to tell us a little bit about that there's maybe an angling club in every town and village that has a stream in Ireland um, and but these two in particular were applied for by the Irish Federation of Sea Anglers who are a national federation but they have clubs uh, you know in the various areas around the country so this, these two, one is a youth initiative day for Munster and it was held recently there in Yall, County Cork. So it's a, it was Sea Angling Day and it was basically to, you know, increase the awareness of um, participation in sea angling and how much fun it can be. If says they're known as the Irish Federation of Sea Anglers, they would be fantastic advocates of, you know, sustainable fishing, um, you know, safety, you know, um, and, and making sure that everybody's having a really good time. And then the other one that they were awarded money for was the Munster Boat Angling Novice Training Day um, in Cork Harbour. So again, if so, would be very conscious of, you know, boat safety, the people involved and in the boat, and again, sustainable fishing. So I suppose overall, you, you, you could be introducing, say, 50 people to angling through those two events. And we've recently done some survey work and it's showing that 320,000 Irish adults enjoy fishing as it stands and there 18% of adults who hadn't tried fishing before say they, they may be interested in trying it in some time in the future. So I think the good thing about angling is that from the age of 3 to 103 you can you can fish. Um, it's you know a very easy um, pastime to get into but a lot of people like to be shown so this is what IFI is doing. It's supporting organisations 
to coach and to help bring people into angling. It can be very good for mental health. You're out in the fresh air. And some people think, oh, you know, it's not that exhilarating or exciting. It can be really, really exciting when kids get, you know, the first fish on their line. And as well as that, if you're, say, wading in a river, um, you'll know how strong you have to be. So overall, it's a kind of um, a really good thing for the head, the physical um, side of things. And um, I suppose just general enjoyment, getting out into the fresh air. The easiest step for most people is just to, to um, go down to their local angling club or their local tackle shop who generally have kind of ideas about, you know, where the best places to go are, who can help you out locally. But Inland Fisheries Ireland on our website, fisheriesireland.ie, we run a sponsorship scheme and people can apply through um through that so you just go click through to fisheriesireland.ie look for sponsorship and you'll be able to find all the links there um at this stage of the year we we were kind of run it annually so we're now in september um so we'll be kind of more looking to- towards 2022 and a new scheme for that year Suzanne Campion, Head of Business Development at Inland Fisheries Ireland. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President Mr Dermot Kelleher has welcomed the signing by Minister Charlie McConnellogue of a new statutory implement giving effect to EU rules on price reporting. This, he said, would impose greater price reporting obligations on processors and retailers under Irish law. Mr Kelleher said that for the first time processors would not only be obliged to report data on prices paid to farmers for their cattle and sheep, but they would also be obliged to supply information relating to the onward sale of that product to wholesalers and retailers. Mr Kelleher said this move marks a step forward on the road to greater transparency right along the entirety of the food chain. He said for too long the profit margins on key products such as beef and lamb had been shrouded in secrecy. He alleged this had resulted in massive profiteering off the backs of hard-working primary producers. The West Cork-based national farm leader said the ICSA had been campaigning for greater openness in the beef and sheep meat sectors for many years now. We started back in 2014 when Mr Simon Coveney was Minister for Agriculture and had taken the case to Europe and then to the EU Farm Commissioner Mr Phil Hogan. ICSA efforts, he said, had led to the introduction of the UTP, Unfair Trading Practices Directive, which, while a step in the right direction, had never been on its own enough to apply to the beef sector in particular. Dermot Kelleher said the next step must be the establishment of a dedicated beef regulator. The legislation announced on 3rd of September 2021 paved the way for this, but he said it requires even further legislation. The onus, he said, was now on Minister McConnellogue to deliver on this additional legislation and to ensure that such a dedicated beef regulator would have all the necessary investigative powers to be truly effective. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, TD, on 8th of September 2021, announced that approval has commenced for all qualified applications under tranche 22 of the TAMS scheme, that's the Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme. The Minister also confirmed that average weekly payments of €1.2 million have issued this year under the scheme under TAMS 2, with €2.6 million being issued this week alone. 
This year, he said to date, €43.4 million Euro had now been paid in respect of completed TAMS investments. Total payments of over €305 million Euro had now issued in respect of over 22,172 approved applications for completed investments since the opening of TAMS 2 in 2015. Minister McConnell said TAMS continues to be a hugely successful and beneficial scheme. He was delighted to confirm approvals would issue in respect of all eligible applications submitted under Tranche 22. He said payments amounting this week to €2.6 million brought to €43 million the total payments made to date in 2021 in respect of TAMS 2 investments. Our priority now, he said, was to continue to issue payments to approved applicants for completed TAMS investments. These payments will continue to issue on a weekly basis. Minister McConnell encouraged all farmers who had completed approved works under TAMS and have payment claims outstanding in relation to TAMS 2 to submit them to the department's online system as soon as the works have been completed. That would facilitate the prompt issue of payments to these people. Minister McConnell pointed out that with over 43,500 approvals issued since the TAMS launch originally, there are still a considerable number of outstanding approvals with farmers and he would urge those farmers to complete the investment work and apply for the payment as soon as possible to facilitate the prompt issuing of payments. The current tranche of TAMS 2 closes on 5th of November 2021 and the tranche 24 opens immediately afterwards on 6th of November Full details of the suite of seven measures available under TAMS 2 may be seen on the Government of Ireland website. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. IFAC, Ireland's farming, food and agribusiness specialist professional services firm, has published its Food and Agribusiness Report 2021. It's the fourth annual sentiment survey of Irish food and agribusiness SMEs and was conducted during July and August. The robust COVID vaccination programme and plans to remove outstanding restrictions shows levels of optimism have seen a significant rebound from 55% in 2020 to a four-year high of 77% this year. With the agri-food industry facing significant challenges due to climate change, 37% of SMEs are putting environmental, social and governance on their agenda. Well, the Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, joined this week's live webinar at which the IVAC report was launched to discuss the emergence of ESG as a senior leadership priority. We move on to the report today and one of the big dominant uh, themes through this report is ESG. And this sector, the agri and food business sector, is really staring down the barrel of needing to do more on this. What about the sector and businesses generally? What should, from a government perspective, ESG mean to this sector? Uh, well, uh, from a government perspective, ESG uh, has a very clear message running through it, which is that sustainability is going to be vital, not just to the future of businesses, but also to the future of our environment. And there are many moves afoot now, both at European and national level, to continue to make this as clear as possible. And then at European level, introduce greater consistency and transparency regarding how ESG is understood. What's really interesting about the report that forms the background to our event here this morning is how a very large minority of businesses in this sector already understand this. I think it's around 39%, which is a big improvement on where we were, but we need to look at how we can move that forward again. 
It's not just a matter for government, it's a matter for all of us. This is too existential an issue to pretend or indicate that it's only the responsibility of government. And that's already understood, particularly by all who are involved in agri-food and meeting the food and nutrition needs of consumers. People in the sector talk about, they know what they need to do, they know the direction this needs to go in, but in particular for small and medium-sized enterprises, it is costly, it is burdensome. Will there be assistance for people in the SME sector to start looking towards ESG and start fulfilling their obligations? Well, there's a huge amount of support already made available for those in the agri-food sector uh, to help uh, with all the different costs they have to deal with, to support them in the innovation, the training that is necessary for their own future. Uh, but this is too big, this is such a big challenge that government support on us, this is what we have to respond back to. And we don't need to, I think, move away from saying, you know, there is a challenge here, there's a challenge here that I need government support to respond back to. That level of support is there. But this is literally about the future of uh, uh, our humanity in the context of a great crisis that we face, which is what's happening with climate, what's happening with our ecology. And it is what consumers will be demanding. It is what investors will be requiring. Government will always look to play its part in helping with dealing with cost. But this is now a core mainstream vital issue that in fairness, businesses that are surveyed in this report, many of whom already understand, the majority of which are already um, either planning to act on or a large minority already are. You mentioned climate change there. Despite the significance of this sector to the economy, and it is hugely significant employment terms in terms of the revenue, the taxation it creates, for some, in some aspects, it's under huge criticism from a climate change perspective, from campaigners who say that the contribution of this sector to our emissions is much higher than it should be. There are even calls for us to do less in this area. How do we strike a balance between continuing to keep this sector as relevant and buoyant and employing people and also looking at those climate change requirements? Because they are two issues which, which, which need to be dealt with at the same time. But they're increasingly going to become two sides of the same coin. Uh, what I believe is going to happen is that from the point of view of consumers and from the point of view of uh, customers, this is going to become a mainstream uh, requirement they will have for future purchasing. And it's already a big element in purchase decisions that have been made today. And where I think we're going to get to a lot quicker than I might feel at the moment even, is that when uh, more and more businesses are making decisions regarding how they meet the needs of their consumers, the meeting the needs of the consumer will involve how this agenda is delivered. And yes, you are correct to say that surrounding all of this, there is criticism and there is a lot of analysis regarding whether enough has been done. But that's the feature of any public policy uh, debate that we're in. It's the feature of any big change in any industry or any economy. There will always be those who will say not enough has been done or the efforts are not successful and we need to listen to them and we need to challenge ourselves to see if they're right uh, because those voices were loud a few years ago and they were right a few years ago that we were not doing enough um, and we have to be honest therefore in appraising our efforts. The decision by Brazil to halt beef exports to China presents an opportunity for Irish beef according to the IFA. 
IFA President Tim Cullen said the decision by the Brazilian authorities to stop exports to China presents a huge opportunity for the Irish beef sector. Mr Cullen said the Taoiseach Michal Martin, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue and the government must all now redouble their efforts to secure an immediate return of Irish beef to the Chinese market. He said we should be making the most of this decision by Brazil. It's a chance to gain a foothold in a market where demand is growing for quality food. Mr Cullinan pointed out that Brazil had exported nearly 400,000 tonnes of beef to China in the first half of this year, underlining the scale of the market which exists in China. IFA Livestock Chairman Mr Benjamin Golden said the Chinese market for Irish beef for the first six months of 2020 had grown in value by over 60% to €22.5 million compared to the previous year. This, he said, was a clear indication of the strength of demand and potential for Irish beef exports. Mr Golden said there is a huge demand for beef in China. It's critical that Irish farmers who produce to the most exacting standards in the world are in a position to avail of this. The IFA Livestock Chairman said the government could not let the opportunity pass and must immediately secure the return of access for Irish beef to this strong and growing market, namely China. In May it was announced that Ireland had attained official status from the OIE of negligible risk status for BSE. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Next on Farm Talk, the EU market transparency rules were signed into Irish law on September 3rd last. John O'Connor is with me to explain what the new rules are all about. So, John, what is the objective of this measure? The EU market transparency rules will impose greater price reporting obligations on processors and retailers under Irish law. For the first time, processors will not only be obliged to report data on prices paid out to the farmers for their cattle and sheep, but they will also be obliged to supply information relating to the onward sale of that product to wholesalers and retailers. And have farmers welcomed the signing into Irish law of this EU measure? Well, we have yet to see the implementation of the EU rules on the ground, but certainly initial farmer reaction has been very positive. The move marks a step forward, as farmers see it, on the road to greater transparency and fairness along the entirety of the food chain. And why are farmers apparently so enthusiastic about the EU market transparency rules, even at this early stage? Rightly or wrongly, there is a very strong perception amongst the primary producers of crops and livestock that along the route between farm to fork, Everyone, unfairly, is getting a bigger cut of the end price than the farmer, the actual primary producer. Price transparency should prove, or disprove, if that's the case, this lingering suspicion that there is massive profiteering off the backs of the farmers. And the new EU rules on price reporting might provide evidence that farmers' suspicions about profiteering between farm to fork are misplaced, are not as blatant as feared. Of course, that's always a possibility, but farmers are convinced that for far too long, profit margins on key products such as beef and lamb have been shrouded in secrecy. It remains to be seen whether the new EU rules can provide authentic market price transparency. And Minister McConnell issued a detailed statement coinciding with the signing into Irish law of the measure. 
Minister McConlogue said the new changes would build on existing price reporting obligations to provide more information on prices at each stage of the food supply chain. The enhanced reporting requirements for Ireland apply to both meat and dairy sectors. Currently, the department provides price reporting on Beef Price Watch app and Board Beer has developed a Beef Market Price Index model which is updated weekly on its website. And John, farmers have been campaigning for the establishment of a food ombudsman for years. Did Minister McConnell refer to a food ombudsman at the signing of the EU market transparency rules into Irish law on the 3rd of September? The Minister said his department was progressing the drafting of legislation needed to establish the new Office of the Ombudsman, or equivalent, which would have a specific role in analysing and reporting on price and market data in Ireland as well as enforcing the European Union Directive on unfair trading practices. Thanks, John. Joining us today and on Wednesday night next is William Burchill, Discussion Group Facilitator on the Tagusk Dairy Gold Joint Programme. Today we continue the discussion around grassland and in particular the current situation and what farmers should be doing with grass at the moment. At the moment there's um, you know, there's been reasonable good growth at the moment. You know, we've seen growth of around kind of 56 to 60 there in the last week and that, that has been variable across farms now though. You know, some farms have felt a bit of a pinch in terms of the dryness. You know, their growth might be back around in the mid-40s where other farmers were, which have got rain and it has been variable across the region. You know, their growth have been up in 60s and 70s, you know, and some of those farms are in a, are in a good position regarding autumn grass. And I suppose really at this time of the year, the key thing is that we do want to build the grass now, you know, to be able to extend extend our grazing into the autumn. And so the key thing behind this really is that, you know, we have to try and increase our rotation length. You know, for, for most farms now, like, we do need to be trying to target to be out to kind of a 30, 35-day rotation by the middle of September. And, you know, we discussed this at discussion groups and at, at farm events. You know, and the, the easiest way to do this really is if we've got 100 acres um, available for, for the cows to graze, if we divide that by 30, 35 kind of means that the cow should be grazing around around three acres a day in a 24-hour period. And that's kind of a good way for any farm to assess, you know, what's their rotation at the moment. You know, are they going too fast in their rotation or are they going too slow? And that's the easiest guide that I would um, advocate for farmers to look at and to use at the moment. You know, as well then, other farmers will be grass measuring, you know, which is a great tool, a great management tool. And, you know, what those farmers should be looking at and aiming for is to have an average farm cover of somewhere between 1,000 to 1,100 kilos of dry matter per hectare and around the middle of September. You know, those figures, you know, for the for the lower stocked farms now or maybe slightly wetter farms, we should be going for maybe the, the slightly lower side of those figures and be around an average farm cover of 1,000. So that's kind of the, or the targets that, you know, farms should be aiming for and and really, like this time of the year, it's very important, I suppose, to kind of set up the farm for the autumn and also to have the farm set up and well grazed out then for next spring as well. So I suppose, you know, some farmers, should what they'll be doing as well is they'll be starting to look at, you know, what are those paddocks on the farm that have very good access, you know, have a lot of roadways um, around the edges of the paddocks, you know, have a lot of gapways into them. 
know what, which one of those which of those paddocks are the driest paddocks on the farm and they'll be kind of looking at those and planning to try and close up those paddocks kind of in or around 20th of October to the 1st of November so they're kind of watching those paddocks at the moment now and making sure that they're getting them grazed at the right stage in the rotation and trying to make a plan and make a plan to get those closed at the appropriate time. So they're the main things that people need to be kind of looking at now regarding grass going going forward for the next few weeks. William Burchill, Discussion Group Facilitator of the Chagas Dairy Gold Joint Programme. We'll have more with William on our topic next Wednesday night. Registration is still open for the Chagas Moor Park 21 Dairy Open Day on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, September 14th, 15th and 16th for the Irish dairy industry. The open day will be repeated over the three days to ensure compliance with government guidelines on COVID. The theme is delivering sustainability. Attendees will be able to visit the Chagas Moor Park site on one of the three days while complying with the guidelines. You will need to register online and attend at a predetermined time. And the registration is open at chagas.ie forward slash moorpark21. Joining me again is Head of Livestock Research at Moorpark, Podrick French, to tell us more about the open day. The event itself, once people get inside the, the front gate, will be very similar to previous events. So there'll be open day, there'll be the boards that would normally be at an open day, the main boards, which will deal with the big messages that we have around the environmental challenges and continuing to farm profitably with the environmental challenges that we face. They're going to be dealt with in the first four main boards. But after that, then it'll be similar to previous open days where we have villages on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. On breeding, on grassland, on, on the environment itself, on health and safety, Quite, quite a diverse bunch of, of villages and a lot of boards, a lot of technologies that there people can go and look at and examine for themselves. I said the one difference to previous open days will be that there won't be any of it indoors. There won't be any marquees that they can go into. Everything will be done outdoors. And has that been a huge challenge now in bringing all this together in the situation that we still find ourselves in? Yeah, it has, I suppose, been a challenge because we weren't quite sure that we could go ahead up until very recently. Really, we weren't sure up until last week that we could go ahead. But now, since 
the restrictions have changed. We're we can, we're familiar that we could we can go ahead, but we're also running a virtual event which we had planned long term. So on the Wednesday, again, if people go on the website, they can look at this in detail. But on the Wednesday of the open day, which is the fifteenth, there's going to be two virtual webinars. There's the first one is going to be on the milk quality wards. So they would normally have been presented coinciding with the, the Moore Park Open Day. So the winners of the National Dairy Council Milk Quality Awards will be announced and the finalists will be interviewed. So that's the first webinar on the Wednesday. And on the Wednesday evening, then there's a very significant webinar on the impact of policy on the dairy industry in, into the future. And it's going to have um, the Minister for Agriculture, Minister McGonagall-Ogue. It will have Mary Donnelly, the chairperson of the Climate Change Advisory Council to the government. It will also have Professor Jerry Boyle and uh, John Jordan, who's head of Ornua. And they are going to be interviewed by Sharon Violon, who's going to discuss with them the impact of climate change policy predominantly on the dairy industry and how the dairy industry can react and adapt to the restrictions around climate change policy in the future. And there are huge challenges facing the Irish dairy industry at this time. No doubt they'll be a key part of the message that you're giving out for the Open Day. Yeah, I think, though, we could be very negative about the policy changes that the industry is facing. But we must remember the dairy industry has come through a very, very successful expansion. The dairy industry has increased milk output by 80% over the last decade. On top of that, they have reduced debt levels per kilo of milk out sold. And they have, they have increased profitability by about 70% on each individual farm. Okay? So you've got a big increase in output, a big increase in profitability on farms. And you haven't taken on a lot of debt like we've seen in other countries when they expanded. So we've gone through a very, very successful period in the dairy industry. And I think they can rise to the challenges that the environmental policies will create for them over the next decade as well. And that's really what the focus of this Open Day is about. It's about... How can we continue to farm profitably and efficiently, but at the same time meet all the environmental constraints that we face around climate change? How can we reduce our emissions and meet the targets that set out there in the Ag Climatise 2030? We have to reduce uh, the impact that we have on groundwater. So it's going to be about reduced uh, nitrogen use or increasing nitrogen use efficiency. There's going to be have to reduce or improve biodiversity on farms and there are challenges there and we're going to have to reduce ammonia emissions and these all seem like very big challenges today but i suppose what we want to do is focus on the technologies that can deliver these and also sustain profitable dairy farms Podrick French, Head of Livestock Research at Moore Park. Chagas Moore Park 21 Dairy Open Day, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, September 14th, 15th and 16th. There's been a call for applicants under Tranche 22 of TAMS to benefit from costings review. IFA Rural Development Committee Chairman Mr Michael Biggins has welcomed the announcement by the Minister of Agriculture Charlie McConnellug that approval has commenced for 100% of qualified applications received by the Minister under Tranche 22. The review of the reference costings by grant-aided work under TAMS was carried out by the Department in March and was based on an analysis of the costs of completed works up to the end of March. The review is being implemented from the opening of Tranche 23, which commenced back on July 24th. 
The Rural Development Chairman said that all Tranche 22 applications must be offered the revised reference costing rates. Not to do so would put them at a substantial financial disadvantage. Materials such as steel, timber and concrete had all seen steep increases this year. The impact of a costings increase means that a farmer would get a far more realistic rate of grant relative to actual investment costs incurred, it was pointed out by the IFA Rural Development Chairman, Mr Michael Biggins. He said to keep pace with continuing rising costs, this review must be ongoing and ready to be updated for the opening of Tranche 24, which is due to open on November 6th. The IFA Rural Development Chairman said he was now calling on the Minister of Agriculture to ensure all applicants in Tranche 22 got the opportunity to retrospectively avail of the revised costings. The Minister must also ensure the costings are reviewed again for Tranche 24 to keep pace with current price inflation. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Almost 4,000 farmers received letters from the Department of Agriculture this week detailing the fines they'll face as a result of not complying with one of the specified criteria under the Beef Exceptional Aid Measure BEAM scheme. Penalties will range from €40 Euro to 11600 per farm, with the Department also informing farmers they'll be required to pay interest at the rate of 3% on money owed to the Department if the money is not paid back within a month of the date on the letter. Farmers who may be liable for fines include those who did not submit a BPS application in any or all of the years 2019, 2020 and 2021. Farmers who did not join the Board B Equality Assurance Scheme or who did not participate in BGGP, BEEP, the Organic Farming Scheme or GLOSS or farmers who failed to reduce bovine nitrogen. Mr Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, writing in this week's journal, points out the various ways in which farmers may be liable for fines. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. For three days next week, Ploughing 2021 takes place behind closed gates in Rahaniska County Leash. This year, the National Ploughing Association is celebrating its 90th anniversary with the NPA competitions, bringing the focus back to its 1931 ploughing origins. Unfortunately, it's not the National Ploughing Championships that we know, but it's hoped this will return in format next year. To fill us in on how it's all shaping up this year, I'm joined by Anna-Marie McHugh of the National Ploughing Association, who tells me there's huge interest and excitement about it all. Oh, there is, surely. You know, the, the ploughing fraternity just can't wait um, to get out into the ploughing field again competitively. You know, it's been a, people have been ploughing a very lonely furrow for the last uh, year and a half. You know, the, the last time that uh, we had a local match, was um, it was actually... the just before things closed up last March um, uh, 2020 um, and nobody ever foresaw at that time that it would be so long on, until we met again in the ploughing field. So, you know, great m- amount of excitement on that, on that element. What did you learn from last year, from the virtual events you had and the competitions that you held with the you know, sense of planning it for this year? We definitely never foresaw that, that it would, would be in the same situation this year. That absolutely, you know, that just wasn't an option at the time. But look, you, you deal with what, what's in front of you when it happens. And um, we had great engagement from, um, our, I suppose, our, our ploughing patrons and also from our ploughing exhibitors last year, the week of the ploughing. We engaged quite a bit in relation to trying to promote their business as much as we could. Some companies put on special offers. Um, some companies um, 
just wanted to share and, and share their name to let people know they're still in business out there. So we'll do as much of that as we can again um, this year. Very conscious, I suppose, about not kind of promoting the event too much in advance because we have a situation that the, the ploughing is not open to the general public. So we don't want to kind of be shouting it from the rooftops that we're on and you can't come either you know what I mean so most of what we'll do will be on the week at the ploughing and we'll, we'll engage a lot that week hopefully through social media and we'll have a we'll have lots of clips as well from the from the event um, showcasing the ploughing that's happening and, and who's winning what competition and who's doing who's doing well in the various competitions as well and the announcements that have been made this week Annemarie has that changed any way that you've been planning for the event I'd have to say very little to be honest with you because you know we're, we're within 10 days of the event so at that stage it, it's just now impossible to, to try and, and change the overall event. You know, we certainly could have looked um, at, at, at having the ploughing championships, the ploughing event itself being a public event and, you know, whoever wanted to come to come along and enjoy ploughing on it, you know, in, in its entirety without the trade. Um, but really in the time in the time scale, that wasn't possible because we still have to be able to monitor who's there, contact tracing, setups, um, getting people to register online and doing that for the masses. It, it just, it would just, the potential to go wrong, really. So, we had to make the decision that it was going to be too late for us to make any changes. So the only change really is that we would have had a situation where competitors wouldn't have been able to, to maybe bring their, their family to the event. They could only bring one um, up until until um, the, the changes in the regulations. So at least now, you know, a competitor can bring their, their wife or their husband and if they have some kids, they can come along as well or a father or a mother, that kind of thing. So at least we've had that change and that's significant in itself. And has it been easy to maintain the business interest in the ploughing event? You know, we've had a lot of engagement um, you know over the two years that the event has been cancelled we've, we, we've lots of contact with exhibitors they're great at kind of getting in touch and saying look this is what we're doing and this is where we're at and even earlier this year obviously when we were engaging with exhibitors because we thought the event was on again and um, you know we had to talk to them and see you know how they felt about it and the uncertainty was huge for them so um, you know we're always, we're always in touch and sending them updates and we will be doing that now again in shortly starting to prepare for, for 2022 we hope and um, engage again like it's very hard a lot of businesses have suffered hugely through COVID so we want to be there to be tr- to try and get them you know on the road back to business again and you know things might might look very different next year we, we don't know you know what what the visual will, will be for exhibitors but what's important to us and I'm, I'm repeating this over and over that it, it's about being present at the ploughing it's not about you know the size of an exhibit or you know the, the you know how fancy a facade or displays it's about being there and that your customers and potential customers can come and see you so we'll work with with exhibitors and that we we always have you know we've we've, we celebrate 90 years this year so we've had the experience of the up and downs right through the different decades and and our event has um you know has has worked through that in 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 every case so we'll be here to work with exhibitors again to to make the, the event work for them yeah well there's a huge interest as you know right across county cork so what would your message be to the ploughing fraternity here now watch out for cork because (laughs) they never go home without a number of trophies that's for sure so we're all you know we're we're all wary of them coming up from that neck of the woods because um there'll be some some contingent and obviously you know munster is a very very strong um ploughing province anyway but but you know particularly cork and um the standard the standard is excellent and you know the challenge of coming up and and ploughing against against uh, the midlands and ploughing against the you know the the counties like wexford and carlow and leash and all the midlands and you know it's it's a great challenge and you can imagine when that hasn't you know when they haven't seen it's the very same as every other sport sport you know the farm nobody's seen the farm because you know nobody's been ploughing for the last year and a half so like um it, it's just on the day you know and it could be it could be new blood that comes and wipes the 
wipes the, the plate, you know, clean and um, sweeps the boards like at the event. We just don't know. It could be all changed who, what guys are going to be on, on top form. Anna Murray McHugh of the National Ploughing Association and we wish them every success with the event in County Leash. Ashley Walsh of Shandoon Mokra is with us again this week and has this update on events. This week saw the start of Mind Yourself Month with the Rural Youth Committee. We took part in yoga classes with Christine O'Neill from Callan Makra, which was really enjoyable. There were lots of members attended this. Next week, we'll see them engage in the Safe Amigos programme and there'll be a free webinar on the 23rd of September. This should be a really interesting talk and will help members to see how technology can help protect their own personal safety and security. Make sure to register for it in advance. Mindfulness Monday is another event which we are looking forward to. This will be held on the 20th of September via Zoom. The 26th of September, we'll see Shandoon members take part in a foot golf activity in Kinsale. Make sure to get your names in to our social officer, Selena O'Donovan, before the 13th of September to register for it. There'll be lots happening in the coming weeks, so make sure to tune in. Glanmire Mocker held an in-person meeting this week. We also had a Zoom option on the night. We'll have lots of upcoming events. Make sure, sure to tune in to the Glanmire Mocker page and indeed the Shandoon page also to see what we're getting up to. This Sunday, we'll see us take part in a tubing activity. And next Saturday, we'll be in Ballyhas again. Reacting to Little Ireland's announcement that reverse vending machines, which will credit customers for depositing single-use bottles and cans in them, are to be installed in all of its uh, Irish Little stores by 2023, the president of the ICMSA, Mr Pat McCormack, has noted the statement of intent comes weeks before the government is set to unveil a national deposit return scheme to be brought in next year, as understood. Mr McCormack said it will be interesting to see what degree of compulsion the government attaches to its plans and farmers will be watching with interest to see whether the same regulatory apparatus, timelines and fines will be applied to the supermarkets or whether they will be given the kind of discretion and elasticated timelines notably denied to farmers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Two West Cork suppliers have been recognised in Lidl's inaugural Supplier Recognition Awards. The awards are in conjunction with the Supplier Engagement Programme, supporting suppliers in addressing sustainability challenges. West Cork Distillers and Kyohan Seafood have been acknowledged for their outstanding sustainability efforts. Kyohan Seafoods, based in Bantry, was recognised for Packaging Reduction Supplier of the Year and West Cork Distillers for Best COVID-19 Response by a Supplier. Tomorrow is Sunday is a photography exhibition by visual artist Miriam O'Connor and is opened at McCroom Town Hall. The exhibition unpacks daily life on a county Cork farm and is part of Cork County Council's Library and Arts Service annual programme in association with McCroom Area Visual Arts. It reflects the time Miriam spent developing her photography career on her farm in McCroom. The exhibition is currently running at McCroom Town Hall from 11am to 6pm, Tuesday to Saturday, until October 2nd. A walk-in will take place at Donrail Park tomorrow to encourage talking to aid mental health. The Let's Talk and Walk event is one of a series taking place across the country as part of the Green Ribbon campaign this month. The Donrail event, which takes place at 3 o'clock, is organised by Cork North and Cork Central IFA.
Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Pre-Calver Gold Mineral specifically formulated for dairy and suckler cows in the lead up to calving on C103. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.